Chapter Twenty Six of Miss Marchbanks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Miss Marchbanks by Mrs. Oliphant. Chapter Twenty Six. The fruit of Lucilla's long and mature reflection was that next morning, being fine and all, the clouds dispersed. She went out with her usual firm step and self-possession and what was rather unusual with her except on necessary occasions of ceremony knocked at mrs woodburn's door mrs woodburn and miss marchbanks had never as people say taken to each other they were as different in their ways as it is possible to imagine the mimic was a little indolent and would not take the trouble to make any exertions for the good of the community except in the exercise of her peculiar talent though she had been known when excited to go through real fatigue for that but she had none of the steady force the persevering energy or to sum up all in one word the genius of miss marchbanks who for her part recognized the use of such an instrument of entertainment as mrs woodburn possessed without appreciating it in her own person for lucilla had in reality no sense of humour as she candidly admitted with that consciousness of her own faults and slight disposition to consider them virtues which is common to persons of great endowments it was accordingly with a slight sense of effort on both sides that they met thus in the familiarity of an early visit at the moment when people doing their duty to each other in a ceremonial way would not have thought of calling she was aware that mrs woodburn regarded her even when she kissed her in the most neighbourly and affectionate manner with a look which seemed to say what can she want coming here so early as for lucilla she was too wise to pretend that it was a mere visit of regard she was too wise and her interlocutor was too clever and prone to catch every touch of expression though miss marchbanks flattered herself she had sufficient experience to enable her to dismiss when there was occasion for it all expression from her face but such was not her policy at this moment when the two faces had touched each other in that loving and sisterly salutation their owners immediately separated and regarded each other from two opposite chairs without decided hostility it is true but with the watchful air of two people whom the fates may range on different sides and whom it behooves to be mutually watchful and lucilla thought it the most expedient course under the circumstances to begin her investigations at once i have come to make an inquisition she said i may as well confess it at once for you would find me out if i didn't mrs woodburn where is mr cavendish i am not going to put up with it any longer he must be written to and had back again the only man that was to be depended upon in carlingford said lucilla and to think he should disappear like this and never say a word mrs woodburn fairly gasped in her companion's face she could no more tell what this meant than if she had been a person utterly unacquainted with human motives and ways of working and indeed it was only the tricks of the surface for which she had any real insight my brother she exclaimed with something between an impulse of defence and denial and a quite opposite instinct of confidence had he proposed after all without telling his sister had lucilla a right to ask the question she uttered so frankly had he been prudent for once in his life and secured this sensible alliance and prop to his position all these questions rushed at lightning speed through mrs woodburn's mind but she was not so prompt as miss marchbanks would have been under the circumstances 
and all she did was to open her eyes wide and give a start on her chair and say my brother with a voice which trembled and was half extinguished by surprise yes mr cavendish said lucilla do tell me his address there is not a man in carlingford who is good for anything now that he is gone you must see that as well as i do as for flirting i have always said he was the only man that knew anything about it do tell me where he is and i will write to him or please send him word for me that absolutely he must come back we are all dying for him you may say mrs woodburn had recovered a little and found a moment to think but her faculties were not so handy except in her own particular way as might have been expected from such a clever woman she could even at that moment have taken off miss marchbanks to the life but she was in the most profound bewilderment as to what lucilla could mean whether she was really laying herself out to catch mr cavendish or whether she was merely talking nonsense without any particular meaning or whether she was feigning indifference by way of getting information and the stupidest person in carlingford would have acquitted herself as well as mrs woodburn felt able to do in the emergency i should think he would rather hear that some of you were willing to live for him she said in a tremulous way finding nothing better to come to her lips than the echo of an old compliment which went against her nature but yet with an instinct of serving her brother so far as it might be in her power not me said lucilla frankly some people once thought so you know but i can't say i ever thought so there never will be anything about living or dying between him and me i hope we know better said miss marchbanks besides if i were so much as to think of that sort of thing i should feel i was swindling papa oh no i assure you i am quite disinterested i want him for my thursdays do write and say he must come home i don't like people to be too disinterested said mrs woodburn and i don't think harry would be at all glad to hear it i wish he would come back i am sure i am always bullying him about it i thought perhaps some of you young ladies had been unkind to him said the anxious sister who had recovered her head and thought it might be possible to get at the secret if there was a secret by means like this no said miss marchbanks i have not been unkind to him and there is nobody else i know of said the candid lucilla unless poor barbara and she will never be unkind you know i will write him a letter if you will give me his address is it true that somebody has left him a great deal of money and he is going to change his name his name said mrs woodburn with a little cry like an imprudent woman and then she recovered herself i have not heard anything of the kind she said and he would be sure to tell me of it but in carlingford people know things before they happen i should be very glad to know that somebody was going to leave him a great deal of money but i don't know about the name oh i heard it only in a confused sort of way said lucilla or that he had changed his name i am sure i don't know if it was past or present did he ever make any change to be somebody's heir oh i beg your pardon but you know people do it every day mrs woodburn had grown quite pale perhaps because she began to see that there was some method in these questions perhaps with simple and unreasonable fright at the suggestion she could not say a word for a moment so startling was the question and then there was something in lucilla's early visit and in her instant onslaught upon mr cavendish which was alarming she was so frightened and driven into a corner that she could not tell how to answer 
it occurred to her all at once that perhaps mr cavendish had opened his heart to miss marchbanks and had given her an inkling of his secret and what would lucilla think if she contradicted her brother never was a poor woman in greater difficulty all her fun and her mimicry collapsed she no more noticed the peculiarities of lucilla's look and manner than if she had been an ordinary inhabitant of grange lane changed his name she faltered in a blank sort of interrogative way and in spite of herself faltered and shook and conveyed to lucilla the most perfect assurance that what she supposed was true when it is for a great deal of money there is some sense in it when it is only for a prettier name it is dreadfully stupid don't you think so as if we all could have pretty names said lucilla i should like so much to have a talk with mr cavendish i picked up some very very old friends of his the other day people who used to know him long ago i am sure he would be interested if he were to know i don't think it could be him said mrs woodburn with something like the instinct of despair i don't remember any very old friends he has it is so long a time ago and then the poor lady stopped short as if she had something choking her in her throat i, I don't think it could be he not such a very long time said lucilla in her easy way it is dreadful to give him a character for being old do write him please and tell him about those people he is sure to be interested if you say it is a lady and a pretty woman and a widow continued miss marchbanks she says he was once very kind to her when her poor husband was alive mrs woodburn recovered herself a little as lucilla spoke it must have been some other mr cavendish she said harry was so much abroad so so long away from home at that moment there was a sound in the house of a heavy step and mr woodburn's whistle became audible in the distance then the poor woman who had a secret fixed haggard eyes upon miss marchbanks she dared not say don't speak of this before my husband she dared not utter a word to awaken suspicion on one side or the other she knew very well that if mr woodburn heard the existence of any old friends of his brother-in-law he would insist upon having them produced and paying them some attention and at the same time mrs woodburn could not so far confide in lucilla as to beg her to keep silent this was what her brother's poltroonery brought upon the unfortunate woman and when the emergency came she was not as equal to it as she expected to be her talents were not of a nature to do her any good in such a strait she collapsed entirely and looked round her in a flutter of fright and despair as if to find some means of escape but this terror all arose from the fact that she did not know miss marchbanks who was generous as she was strong and had no intention of going to extremities lucilla got up from her chair when she heard mr woodburn's whistle coming nearer i hear somebody coming she said and i must not stay for i have quantities of things to do only mind you tell mr cavendish i have something quite serious to say to him from his old friend and from me please to tell him that it is impossible to get on without him continued lucilla as mr woodburn entered the room there is not a soul that can flirt or do anything i should write to him myself if i knew his address and then as was natural woodburn with his usual absurdity as his wife explained afterwards struck in with some boisterous badinage as for mrs woodburn in her mingled terror and relief she was too much excited to know what he said 
but when lucilla serenely smiling was gone the mimic with her nerves strung to desperation burst into the wildest comic travesty of miss marchbanks looks and manners and her inquiries about harry and sent her unsuspicious husband into convulsions of laughter he laughed until the tears ran down his cheeks the unconscious simpleton and all the time his wife could have liked to throw him down and trample on him or put pins into him or scratch his beaming jovial countenance perhaps she would have gone into hysterics instead if she had not possessed that other safety-valve for mrs woodburn had not that supreme composure and self-command which belonged to lucilla's higher organization she wrote a long letter that afternoon and had a dreadful headache all the evening after it which considering all things was to be expected under the circumstances and was a weak-minded woman's last resource no headache however disturbed miss marchbanks beneficent progress she went home conscious that if she had not acquired any distinct information she had at least gained a moral certainty and besides she had measured the forces of mr cavendish's bodyguard and had found them utterly unequal to any prolonged resistance all that was wanted was prudence and care and that good look which was as much an endowment in its way as the other qualities by which lucilla might be said to have secured it she went home meditating her next step and with a certain enjoyment in the sense of difficulty and the consciousness of how much skill and power would be required to carry on three different threads of innocent intrigue with the three different persons in the drama without ever letting the general web get confused or confounding one strand with another she had to frighten the archdeacon with the idea that mrs mortimer might marry the impostor and she had to keep the widow in the profoundest ignorance of this suggestion and she had to manage and guide the impostor himself to save his position and deliver him from his enemies and make his would-be persecutor for ever harmless if by chance she should forget herself for a moment and say to mr beverley what she meant for mr cavendish or betray her mode of dealing with either to the third person interested then farewell to all her hopes but when all that was required was skill and self-possession and courage miss marchbanks knew herself too well to be afraid she came in with that sense of having done her duty which was so sweet to a well-regulated mind but it was not to that internal satisfaction alone that providence limited lucilla's reward there were exceptional cases to be found here and there even in this world in which virtue finds its just acknowledgment and disinterested well-doing is recompensed as it deserves while miss marchbanks was still occupied with the arrangement of her plans she was interrupted by a visitor who entered with a brow clouded by care and yet exalted by the sense of a charge and dignity which is not afforded to every woman it was mrs centum who thus came to unfold to lucilla the new event which was about to happen in carlingford she had a great deal to say at first as was natural of the dreadful vexation of such a thing happening in holiday time when the boys were all at home and when she did not know what to do but you know lucilla it will be delightful for all you young ladies to have the officers said mrs centum it keeps the place lively though for my part i always say in six months there will not be a servant in the house that one can depend upon it is dreadful for servants especially young ones and if they are nice-looking you know 
but it is very nice for the young ladies and for all the picnics and dances and everything what officers said lucilla pricking up her ears for to tell the truth the very name of officers in a place like carlingford where nobody could flirt but mr cavendish was as water in the desert to miss marchbank's soul has not the doctor told you said mrs centum but to be sure very few people know as yet mr centum says it must be all on your account because you give such nice parties but of course that is only his fun you know however i suppose somebody has told lord palmerston of all those great buildings that were meant for the factories and of carlingford being such a healthy place and so the general is coming to us to-morrow lucilla general travers you know that was in all the papers for something he did in india charles used to know him at school he is quite handsome and has ever so many medals and things it is a dreadful addition to one's troubles in holiday time you know but my dear i hope you will ask him to your thursdays and help us to make carlingford pleasant to him it all depends upon him said mrs centrum solemnly if he likes the place and thinks it will do and finds nice society whether it is here or at hampton that they establish the depot at hampton cried miss marjbanks naturally excited the stupidest wretchedest little place that is just what mr centum says said the visitor with a sigh what i am nervous about is the servants lucilla and you know that under nurse of mine what a nice steady girl she has always been and what a comfort but as soon as the soldiers come it turns their heads i want you to tell me if you'll be so very good lucilla how nancy makes that pate that mr centum is so fond of i know it is a good deal to ask but i am sure you are one to stand by your friends and if the general should take a dislike to carlingford through any fault of mine i never could forgive myself and i want you to ask him to your thursdays lucilla there's a dear dear mrs centum cried miss marjbanks papa must call on the general and ask him to dinner as for my thursdays i always say they are not parties they are only evenings said lucilla sweetly and not worth a gentleman's while and about the pate lucilla said mrs centum anxiously i hope you won't think it too much of me to ask you are so clever you know and so is nancy and what with the noise and the nursery dinners and all those big boys home from school mrs centum fixed her eyes with true solicitude on lucilla's face miss marchbanks was magnanimous but the pate in question was one of the greatest triumphs of the doctor's table she thought and with truth that it was a great deal for any one to ask but then it is true that genius has duties as well as privileges and to impress upon mediocrity the benefit of loyally following and copying superior intelligence is of itself a moral effect of the greatest importance and besides the woman who at such a moment produced a live general in carlingford and held out hopes of officers was not a woman to be denied i will write it down for you said lucilla graciously if you think your cook will understand or perhaps nancy might step in and show her how if i can persuade nancy dear mrs centum i hope you will always feel sure that i am ready to do anything for my friends oh thank you dear cried the grateful woman i knew you were not one to mind and if nancy would be so very kind i am sure you will like the general added mrs centum with effusion he will live here you know if the depot comes and be such an addition 
I said to Charles, the moment he told me, that would just be the very thing for Lucilla, and he's quite young-looking and so nice and pleasant, she added, in the fullness of her enthusiasm and gratitude. As for Miss Marchbanks, she shook her head, but nevertheless received the assurance with a smile. It is not that sort of thing I am thinking of, said Lucilla. If it had been, I need never have come home. And now, after papa has been so kind about the drawing-room, but I am always glad to hear of nice new people, said Miss Marchbanks, and to meet a man that has been in the world is such a pleasure to papa. With this benign acknowledgment of the general's merits, Lucilla received Mrs. Centum's affectionate leave-takings. To be sure, she knew nothing, and did not occupy herself much at that moment about General Travers, but at the same time Miss Marchbanks, with her usual piety, recognized the approval of Providence in this new occurrence, and was naturally both encouraged and exhilarated. It is but in rare cases, as has been said, that the reward of virtue is given so promptly, and with such beautiful discrimination, and there are even people in the world who profess to have no faith in any prompt or visible recompense, but Lucilla was not of that new and heretical school. For her own part, she felt it very natural that her exertions for the good of her kind should thus be recognized and acknowledged, and returned to her plans with the sweet and exhilarating sense of moral harmony which an approving conscience and an approving heaven and a sense of blessings earned and goodness recompensed are so well calculated to give. End of chapter 26 Recording by Maricel Quee